When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Yeah, no, we're... It's Donna and Steve. We had a homework assignment yesterday. I did half. Steve did half. Do you think then we have to flip-flop, or should we just call it even? Just we'll call it other. even, because the homework was <laughs> yeah. checking for moles. The homework was actually to listen to the original Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. Okay. And to watch a documentary 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 about it yes queen so i watched the documentary and you listened to the broadcast so yesterday was a pretty long drive into work uh because of the snow that was coming down in the afternoon really dicey roads yesterday afternoon slipping and uh sliding today was awful too with traffic oh, oh yeah, was it really oh bad God, so many wrecks and crazy oh, crashes it was everywhere. that slushy snow so it refroze overnight and that's really really Ooh, difficult you think it's oh. just wet there's icy patches all it takes you hit one little icy patch you lose control of your vehicle for a second in the rest of the drive they'll have to like peel your hands off of the steering wheel at the end there are imprints in there any hoozle i mentioned that because the commute was a little bit longer and i was like oh you know what i should just hit this link and then play war of the worlds the original broadcast so um i almost got through the whole thing i think it's about 53 minutes or so okay i could live with that um so i i listened to just about all of it um maybe but now i'm missing like the final five minutes and so i need to hear how this all wraps up but i have to tell you this is what i was taken by of course it's set way back in the day and so it's a lot of you know stick them up yeah and uh well we're gonna we're gonna go live now to the scene of the crime blah blah blah. yeah Uh, okay and a lot of us think about the the old era actors as overacting because how they spoke back then is so different from how we speak now that it doesn't feel real. I have to tell you, it is no wonder that this caused some level of hysteria. I know sometimes the reports are overinflated that people were going crazy everywhere, but other times this fooled people, to be sure, it had to because of how realistic it was. The acting was so good in a few different circumstances, I thought. They have a reporter on the scene in War of the Worlds who's describing this unidentified object that has landed on Earth. This after some explosions of a flame was seen coming uh, from Mars. Some astronomers caught it and then word started to break. When they would go back to this reporter, they did these little things, these little choices that were clearly written in by um, the writer, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these verbal pauses of, um, okay, and I'm, are we, we are, okay, we're up. Um, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, and just these little things, and then when they would go to like this professor from Princeton who was waxing poetic about it, a couple of times, he was in a conversation. The reporter comes over to him, and he—you hear him sort of. Have, I'm having a conversation over here. But, oh, what? 
Oh, okay. Yes, I can give you an update. And he's they're doing these things that made it feel these little acting choices that made it feel so real, like you were listening to a report. So I thought my takeaway was the acting is so much better than we think it is just because it's stick them up. Yeah, it's from that era. It was really, really well done. And by the way, the comedic effect of them going from there's an unidentified object, blah, 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 and it's a breaking news report. We now take you back to the music coming live from the ballroom at the Hilton in downtown you know, New York. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to this music. <laughs> and then it comes back. Oh, we've got another update. All right, we're looking to reach one more person. In the meantime, we take you now to the Brass Quintet. And it was just so funny yeah. how it kept going back to this lovely, soothing music. Well, I thought it was really good. Okay, good. Now that I now that I know what I know, I can go back and listen to it differently. Because watching this documentary, basically, Orson Welles, by the way, only 23 years old. I know. No. 23 years old. Yes. No. He was not. He yeah. was. And he was already known for his stage work, but also for bringing these types of stories or various stories. He would get a book, he would read a story, and then bring it to radio. And then he would, um, you know, make changes to the script. Like in War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, I believe the story takes place in England, but he shifted the story to the U.S. And then what he did was he was like, you know, this is so boring this is really boring. I got to do something to like, you know, fatten it up. But you have to keep in mind the time. So it's 1938 and radios more or less were turned on in unison after dinner, dinner time across the United States. Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tens of millions of Americans were listening that night to the radio in general. Right. And you got to keep in mind that. They were used to uh, break-ins, like um, bulletins, special bulletins, breaking into their programs, because it was 1938. So there was the stock market crash. There was the Hindenburg uh, crash, where they broke into programming. There was the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. So you can get why there was some hysterical reaction. Oh, yeah. But apparently most of the people were listening to... Uh, the audience was listening to a different show with it, like a ventriloquist. Charlie McCarthy. Yes, it's, which is so funny to me because it's radio, you know, and a lot of the gimmick is yeah. watching yeah. the ventriloquist. Uh-huh. Um, so what happened was, what happened was that programming went to a commercial. And then people did what they do a lot here in music radio. They start channel surfing. So they missed the initial announcement. This is a dramatization. This is a play. Yes, Yes, exactly. They missed that part. And because they were doing it in such a realistic manner, because of the time and what people were used to, that's where the hysteria and the confusion came in. You know, we could look at this and go, what are you, a bunch of dummies? Of course it's a reenactment. There's not like... Well, you know what, though? And creatures with tentacles. And- but back then, when you didn't have an internet, you didn't have a, an eye to the rest of the world. People lived back then in their own small town. Yes. And that was it. And that was as far as the eye could see outside of a black and white printed photo in the newspaper. And so tapping into radio felt like it was this channel to other 
places, which made them saying, we take you now live to the Flamingo in right, you know, right. Hollywood, California. If you're listening in Topeka, Kansas, this feels marvelous because it's like, wow, this is what the music sounds like tonight, right now at the ballroom in, in Hollywood. I will say this, though. It was probably 30 minutes in, 30 minutes in that there's a break where they say, uh, this is a blah, blah, blah radio production, a dramatic retelling of the... And then I thought, whoa, that's the first time that they have reset that this is fake. It's not like every five minutes they're like, and stand down, people of the country. This is just a reenactment. And in the meantime, calls were coming in to CBS... You know, yeah. and that, you know, where they were starting to realize that there's a little bit of hysteria happening. And some of the producers wanted Orson Welles to reset more. And he just kind of just kept directing and going ahead with, because I think there's part of him that kind of loved it. That, sure. That there, he was getting so much buzz because then oh, he became yeah. a, you know, a household name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then they had to apologize the next day. CBS Legal had to get on it. I mean, it was just a, you know, a whole a whole thing. But, man, it, it's probably the most radio program that has ever aired. You said the most radio program oh, that I has did. ever aired. Oh, I did. The most memorable Okay, I didn't want to put program. words in your no, mouth. No, thank you. Thank it you. was so radio. I was jumping. You know, I was jumping a word. I'm like, I don't so need radio. That's so radio. No, it was like the most <laughs> memorable, you know, radio program of all time. I mean, does anything else come to mind that's the one thing you know here's the question um now that i've done half the homework you've done half do we have to do the other half or can we just say okay thank you you helped that was good that's good information i think i'll go back and listen how long's the uh documentary again it's only like 50 minutes yeah, i got 50 minutes yeah but it's the next 50 minutes i gotta take off Oh, in the next 50 minutes? Yeah, I'm going to watch it right now. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Good. I will rejoin. Uh, I found it, by the way, on Amazon. 